We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. All right, welcome to another episode of the Is For Podcast. I am your host, Danger, and joining me are uh, two fellas that I just, it, it wouldn't be as manly without uh, without them. And Sarge, I'm going to ask for your, your best Tim Allen grunt. Oh, uh, let's see. Do you want to, I'm in trouble grunt? Do you want a more power grunt? Or do you just want to? indecisive grunt that he did because he has several grunts. He, he had grunts of, of flavor yes uh give me your power grunt oh i don't have one of those i just have the disappointed uh, grunt. that's more of a harumph okay and monster what is your best tim allen grunt <gasps> okay all right cool i'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair that's uh, not fair at all it's not it's not uh, in this episode of the is for podcast h is for home improvement now gentlemen did we watch home improvement i did a I lot did. you did lot. now sarge uh this uh, home improvement came on in like the early 90s weren't you in mm-hmm. um hungry or wherever then uh close close we're just gonna stick with hungry uh yes i was but you know they have these things called reruns and yeah you know, back in the day, you know, DVDs and yeah. I did watch I did watch some uh, home improvement. Okay. And you monster? Yeah, I watched it a lot. When I was younger, this was one of those shows that I watched with my mom a lot. Um my dad, I don't think my dad thought it was all that funny. Um, but uh he would be at work and me and my mom would be at home and, and we watched a lot of it for sure. Yeah, I watched a lot of it with with my dad. Mom would sit in every once in a while, but mom would usually sit in just because the phone that she would use would be the one in the room where we would all watch TV, and that's this one that she decided to use all the time. But anyway, mom's you didn't get her one of those long cords. I know we had one of those in the kitchen, and she could pick up that phone and walk around the house with it. Oh, for sure. You know, and all we had to do was follow the cord to find mom, but. In the evening, she would choose to use that phone in the same room that we were all in. But anyway, so so when I was younger, we had a cordless phone, but it was kind of an early cordless phone, so the battery wouldn't last all that super long. So what I used to do is I would get the one cordless phone out of uh, I think it was the kitchen, and I would rollerblade up and down the street while talking on the phone. Then it would start to beep that it was going to die. So I had to hurry up and go back inside, pick up the other phone and hang that one up before it died. And that might be the most 90s scenario. I was about to say anyone can picture <laughs> rollerblades and curl those phones. So and you can bet your ass I was wearing Jinkos the entire time. Was it I was it one of the cordless phones that was like uh, it was the tan and brown color? Like tan on one part of it, brown on like the back receiver because it hid the dirt. It was like one generation after that. Like it was Uh, black and gray, but still like the size of a a small novel. (laughs) (laughs) Those things had some range, though. I mean, legit. I was in my street. Those had range. Long long range uh, walkie phone. I was up to the stop sign 300 feet away. (laughs) <laughs> all right, and that's guys, all he could rollerblade. Are we ready to talk about one of the few family sitcoms that did not feature the frontal front the frontal shot of a house to use as the family's house? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh there was only one shot of a house, like the front of a house that was supposed to be the Taylor's house ever in the entire show. Which I never realized until doing this research. Well, they do show a blueprint of it during the opening credits. Yes. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. And then later one, later uh, credits, they showed like uh, piecing together of a house, almost mm-hmm. like from magazines. <laughs> so, but um, do they? Is this also the only family sitcom that features a best friend that only shows half his face? As far as I could find, yes. <laughs> what I found interesting about Home Improvement is like even in scenes when they were out in the garage, the garage door never opened. Nope. 
it never opened. He'd be out there tinkering around on his hot rod. Like, I would take it for a spin. And then Jill would go back inside and shut the door. And then you'd hear the thing fire up, the garage door roll up, and he'd drive yeah. out. You would you would hear the garage door open and you would see him leave, but you would never see the garage door or the opened garage door. Nope. According to the German title, they called home improvement Hormalvar da Hammermat. Or look who's hammering. <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And it was alluded to the German title of the movie, Look Who's Talking. I could not find why, <laughs> why that was there. But this was also the last U.S. broadcast network sitcom to be videotaped. After this, they all went digital. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense, given the time period. I can see that. No, I, uh, I appreciate Sarge's Wilson. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know you said you had to make something. Is that what you had to make? I, it was bigger, but my kids knocked it down and it broke. So this was like a salvage. It's just, so it's just a partial fence, not a full length. I, I really it's hope that you fence. had like that, but really long. Tall yeah, but uh, here, here's the thing though. People who know, people who know, know. And if you don't know, you, you don't, don't know. And that's okay. Just, just so we're clear, this is an audio medium. So that's. Yeah, but I it mean, was for, just... but it's for your comic relief. And if danger happens to make a clip out of this. It's there. I'm no, trying no, no, to find no, no, no. content. I say you don't, and just let this be a vague, confusing moment for anyone who listens. <laughs> or I will, I will put this up, but I'll put something over Sarge's square <laughs> or Sarge's rectangle, so they don't know. Anyway, all right. So the show ran from September 17th, 1991, to May 25th, 1999. Had a total of 204 half-hour episodes that ran for eight seasons. It was created by Matt Williams, Carmen Finestra, and David McFadzine. It was never popular with critics, ever. Critics hated this show the entire time it was on. But it stayed in the top ten of shows. It never made itself one. It made itself one for like two weeks, but not for an entire season. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I said no, as in I, 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 I agree. Oh, that's and the reason why it was hated by critics... Is because like back in the time, it still is like one of those shows that like I think perfect perfectly encapsulated the American household and the things that the parents go through with the kids and the kids at the schools and siblings with each other. You know, it it wasn't one of those typical shows at the time that critics would just like rave about. And I get it. I, I understand why. I actually think between this and Roseanne, it was the most honest look at what family life actually was. For real. Yeah. 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 I, because, and, and to be honest with you, I was never a huge fan of these kind of shows. Home improvement was kind of an anomaly for my family. We didn't watch a lot of like step-by-step -step and full house and those kind of shows. But for, <laughs> From what I remember, those shows usually had at least one or two characters that were a little bit like over the top silly, mm -hmm. like Steve Urkel, or you had like Alf or something like that, you know, whereas Home Improvement, everything felt pretty real. I mean, there was a certain level of slapstick, especially with, you know, the tool time segments and Tim <laughs> doing his which, nonsense. Which we'll, we'll talk more about sure, tool sure. time, of course. Of course, but but it to your point, it felt pretty realistic. Like it felt like a pretty typical uh, middle class family home. Well, I think it's because <laughs> it was based on the stand up of Tim Allen, and when you have something that's based on stand up, that stand up is usually based in you know reality. It you know even the grunt. Um, I think Monster, you sent me a, a video clip of of Tim Allen, and I actually saw it beforehand. But it, the grunt was where Tim Allen was doing stand-up at a dinner with a bunch of guys that were just drinking whiskey and eating steak and not paying attention to him. And so then they were all making the grunt. And so he started making the grunt and they started paying attention to him. And so that's how the grunt was born in his stand-up and then translated over to the show. And it I was like, that makes a big difference. It was like he was trying to get their attention and he heard them all do it. And so he was like, arr, 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 yeah. and they all just started joining in. And it was right. like, all right, now I got him. Right, right. So... Season one uh, ran from September 17th, 1991 to May 5th, 1992. 
It only hit number number four, and it's the only see uh well only of the series to not have a Halloween episode. I don't know if you guys remember, mm. but uh, the uh, holiday episodes of Home Alone or not Home Alone, sorry, Home Improvement. Lord, yeah. wrong wrong film. All uh, Home Alone episodes are are holiday episodes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Home Improvement had the best holiday episodes in my opinion. So, um, and season two ran from September sixteenth, nineteen ninety two, to May nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. And this was actually when the show started opening with cold opens, where it didn't open with the the song. It started with mm. the uh, the cold open. But the thing about this that got me, and I actually watched a good bit of Home Improvement just yesterday. I watched the last like last season. Every episode had the logo in, and then later the logo became animated, just in case you forgot what show you were watching that you tuned into. And at this time, when it was on TV, you had to, like, find it at that time and make a point to watch it. So it's like, we're going to go watch Home Improvement. And then this other show comes on, you're like, maybe this isn't Home Improvement. That's not Tim Allen. (laughs) And (laughs) it just, it never made sense to me. It's like, if you look at other shows that have cold opens, they don't have the logo on screen, but Home Improvement did. So, I mean... That was, but that was a thing towards the late nineties, if I remember right, because I remember a couple different this shows. This is the early nineties. This is ninety three to ninety well, or ninety two ninety three. Uh, I'm just saying, though, it's like I remember other shows having that sort of animation down in the bottom left or bottom right of the screen. I I don't, but not to say I I do. I remember that, but I remember that as more of like a promo for like whatever show was coming on later. I don't re- I don't necessarily remember it being for the show that you were currently watching. Right. Yes. However, I do remember that. In in defense of home improvement style choices, a lot of those cold opens started with a tool time segment. Yes, so they did. To a ignorant viewer that didn't know any better, they might be like. I'm not watching this, you know, home decor show. I don't care about how to shingle a roof. I want to watch Tim Allen. <laughs> so <laughs> please, please let that. I'll never always... do that again. Oh, okay. I, I, hate I got a little people. fat Albert there for some reason. You, <laughs> you, you got, you got fat Tim. <laughs> so, all right. Season three, 93 to 94. And this, for one week, in November of 1994, the series was number one in the Nielsen ratings, and Tim Allen also had the number one movie in the box office, The Santa Claus, mm. and he also had the number one best-selling book, Times, or New York Times best-selling book, Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. So it was just for one week, Tim Allen was like at the top of the charts as what you could be in 94. <laughs> like, you couldn't be any better than Tim Allen. All right. So season four, 94 to 95. And Lucy Liu, actually one of her first appearances was in uh, episode 16. Um, And Michelle Williams, a pre-Brokeback Mountain, pre-Dawson's Creek, Michelle Williams was um, on episode uh, Wilson's Girlfriend. And she played Jessica Lutz, a girl Brad goes on a date with. So she was on an episode called Wilson's Girlfriend and she goes on a date with Brad. So good fun there. Also... In season four, episode 20, Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer, their first TV appearance. Hey, nice. We're, we're actually in the crowd of the uh, of a Tool Time episode, and um, Tim Allen goes up and talks to him because they say they got problems with their ladies because that was a regular bit on, on Tool Time. All right. Now, was that before or after Half-Baked? So, Chappelle and Brewer, co-star of the film Half-Baked, Half-Baked released in 1998. This was in 1995, so it was a good bit okay. before. So this is actually yeah. their first, uh, I know it was Dave Chappelle's first TV appearance. I don't know if it was Jim Brewer's. I know Jim Brewer actually had a fairly substantial like stand-up career before that, mm-hmm. so I don't know. All right, and it was from season four until the end of the series in 99 that the animated logo was used there in cold opens. All right, real quick, <clears throat> season five, 95, 96, Season six, six is 96, 97, and so forth. All right. 2000, or ni- season eight, the final season of the show ran from September 22nd, 1998 to May 25th, 1999. And Tim Allen and Patricia Richardson were also uh, were offered money to come back and do a ninth season. Tim Allen was offered $50 million and Patricia Richardson was offered $25 million. 
<laughs> and they turned it down. Tim Allen turned it down because Patricia wasn't offered as much money as he was. And she turned it down because she just didn't want to do it. <laughs> well, and also during an interview that they had, um, I think it was Patricia came out and said that they wanted to kill off her character. I didn't, but, I didn't find that anywhere, yeah, but. Oh, I was doing research on it. I forget yeah. where I found that, but they said they wanted to kill off her character and keep Tim Allen, you know, play, reprising the role, but with Jill dead. Um, but he said, Tim Allen said that if, if, if there was no Jill, then there's no tip. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now I can hmm, tell you the, the final episode of the series, like they pretty much like tidy it up to where mm -hmm. I don't know how they would, they would do more you know, home improvement, especially with no tool time and all that, that's such a crucial part of the show. So, and, and too, I think when you have a live action sitcom like that, especially when you have kids, like a family dynamic like that, eventually as the kids grow up and things change, it's hard to really, I mean, even some of the classics, and I would have to go back and look to see, but like Leave It to Beaver and I Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke, I don't think they ran for longer than seven, eight, nine years. Like, I don't think they were on for 12, 15 years because, you know, everybody's getting older. They continue to age. It's not like an animated series where you can, you know. As long as you can still do the voice, you you're still right there. yeah no I mean, you definitely age out the kids and i mean that's the problem that stranger things is having right now is you know those kids are getting older and it's supposed to be like a summer pass but then they're like 10 years older <laughs> it doesn't make <laughs> right sense. and then and then also i don't remember uh exactly but i remember they were trying to sort of do things with the kids uh mark Whoa, <laughs> easy yeah. uh mark he was the youngest of the three right yeah he was like a goth kid on the yeah, last he did a goth seasons and stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, he, he like, um, he met a girl and then he, you know, started, he went goth for a couple episodes and then I uh, came back out of it. I know in the last season he was, you know, all about his film class and, and all that. So I think the goth oh. thing was just for a girl. deal. Okay. I, I just remember th I, I felt sort of like they were stretching to try to like make the kids relevant like well so there's a reason why they were kind of doing that because uh and we'll talk about it more but jonathan taylor thomas left the series at a certain point right and so right. they were trying to you know i felt like they were trying to do more with the two that were left to you know uh to fill they always gap. do that thing where they're like oh they're off at school or they're off at camp <laughs> a little bit more than that but not yeah not too yeah. dissimilar yeah. than that so all right series centers around the taylor family which consists of Tim Allen. Let's talk about Tim Allen for a minute. Now, Tim Allen was in all 204 episodes. The episode states uh, Tim Allen is, in one episode states Tim Allen is three years older than his wife, Jill. But in real life, Patricia is two years older than him. So that wow. actually, um, I always think that's strange when they pair up uh, like a uh, husband and wife or like father and son and the ages don't really line up for it. So, all right, early on, Tim Allen would deliberately misquote lines in scenes to help the child actors, you know, uh, Brad, Randy, and and uh, Mark, or Zachary Ty Bryan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and I never understood this. Who would name their son Taryn, T-A-R-A-N? Um, if there's anybody listening who named their son Taryn, I'm not sorry. Taryn what? The hell's wrong What's with his you? last name? Paper. His last name's Paper. Taryn Paper. No, it's Taryn Noah Smith. Okay, I was getting ready to say, I hope they all have three names. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so he would misquote the lines to make them feel less pressure. Which, That's nice. Yeah, I can appreciate that. He he'd actually, everything I saw, he was uh, great with the kids. He had a great relationship with all of them. So, which definitely helped the family dynamic of things. Because I feel like he really did come across more as like a father figure to them than a lot of other sitcom dads. They just don't seem. Speaking of which... He was ranked um, in TV Guide's um, 50 Greatest Dads of All Time. He was number 20. So, hmm. you know. I wonder where Homer Simpson ranks on that. I don't know, but I do know that Ray Romano was number one. Oh, what? No. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's a bias right there. I I know. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember the kids on that show, but I don't. It, I don't. It. I never it watched the show. Yeah, I watched a couple little episodes of it enough to know that I didn't like the show, and I didn't want to watch it anymore. So it should have been uh, Ward Cleaver from Leave It to Beaver, um, or possibly Dick Van Dyke no, from I, Dick Van Dyke Show. I have no opinion on the fifty greatest dads of all time on TV. Okay, <laughs> just, fine. Just don't, 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 look, don't get in the trenches. Don't be controversial. That's okay. Look, Gomez Adams. I, I already said something about Taron. <laughs> Okay, so Gomez Adams should have been on that list. He probably was. No, I mean, he should have been in like the top five, followed by the father from the Munsters. Herman? Herman. Those two, yes, Herman. Herman should be, Herman should be, they should be top top five. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you about Herman or or Gomez. I just, yeah. Um, Tune I'm, in this season for F is for fathers. <laughs> <laughs> We, we already did. Isn't that going to be season six? Because we've already, <laughs> we've already done done F. This is not how the it's alphabet works, monster. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tim Allen stopped grunting in, as the seasons progressed because it started to strain his throat. And at a certain point, he got that, um, that Toy Story gig. <laughs> oh, so yeah. He had to keep his throat in good condition. So I understand. So, All right. Got the show. Tim would often wear sweatshirts or t-shirts of Michigan-based colleges and universities. These were usually sent by the schools. Like, and so he didn't pay for them and wore, it was a, you know, a great way to get around the wardrobe deal. Um, and because Alan considered Michigan his home state, the rule was that only Michigan schools would get free advertising. There were two noticeable, except notable exceptions to this rule. Wolford college in South Carolina sweatshirt, and a Owens University or Owens Community College in Ohio sweatshirt. There was a, a list, probably, I don't know, three pages long of all the schools that he wore. It was like he got a sweatshirt or a t-shirt from every school, every university, community college, whatever, in Michigan. There was an absurd amount of just community colleges and technical colleges on there. And it's, you know, I, I had to look at it and go, Good on you, Tim Allen, for wearing a community college and technical <laughs> school sweatshirts and t-shirts on your national show. I applaud that. I appreciate that. It's funny because I only really remember him wearing like the Detroit Lions, like the professional football yeah. team, you know. So part of who Tim was is he loves, of course, power tools, cars, and sports, and he is an avid fan of Detroit professional sports teams. So while he did wear the professional sports teams, for certain events and certain things. Sure. If you actually watch the show, he wears so many sweatshirts to so many schools. Mm -hmm. Like I remember one episode that I watched, he was uh, like man of the counter at Harry's hardware. And, yeah. um, and he like throughout one episode, he wore like four different Michigan schools. that were just the tiniest of schools. And <laughs> it was just and the sweatshirts look brand new. Like they look, you know, like they've never been worn before and they probably hadn't. So uh, I will say there's something kind of charming about that. Like even not being from anywhere near Michigan, um, just, just that sort of like local flavor thrown oh, yeah. into your show like that. That's cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, even, even in his show, last man standing, he's wearing sports apparel when he's at home and it's usually a Michigan Michigan-based thing, and even I believe one of the episodes, one of his daughters applied to Michigan State because there's this big fight between Ohio State and Michigan State on the show. That's that's a whole other can of worms, but man, I I really like that show too. Last Man Standing <laughs> is is a lot of fun. I'll be honest, big with you, I didn't give that one much of a chance. Big home improvement energy. Like if oh, you yeah. if oh, yeah. you get a kick out of this, this is the. 2020s version of home improvement yeah. with that those topics there's you know, actually no, as a, there's actually a good bit of that um as we go down and, oh sure uh, sure so yeah i mean as a as a father with daughters that show speaks to me about not really understanding what my girls go through sometimes and how something super innocuous innocuous will set them off 
like all the girls in the house, all the ladies in the house. It don't take much, I promise you. <laughs> so the uh the the patriarch of the house, Jill Taylor. She was also in all 204 episodes. So actress Frances Fisher was actually cast as Jill Taylor. And during the filming of the pilot episode, audiences reacted so poorly, saying mm -hmm. that she made Jill, the character, whiny and desperate. And so they fired her during the filming of the pilot, and Patricia Richardson replaced her four days before the pilot episode was to like start filming to finish filming. And she gave birth to twins three months before filming, and they, they made a nursery for her at the studio. Sarge? So I do actually have a little fact factoid. You may have this, and if you have it, and I steal your your thunder, you know I'm I'm sorry or not. Um, so she didn't even audition for the role that she got. Like I, I I read about I read about this in one of her interviews that she did, and she had just come off. She like auditioned for another role in a different movie, didn't get that, and then they just called her. And asked her to, you know, explain that Tim Allen was a stand-up comedian who was doing a show. She had no idea who he was. She never saw any of his stuff before, and she just showed up on uh, at the at the pilot taping and killed it. And I can't think of anybody else I could picture being Jill Taylor. No, no, Patricia Richardson owned that. This is one of those shows that was cast perfectly. And everybody fell right in line. I mean, yes, some people had better seasons than other people uh, than other seasons, but overall, you can't see anybody else in any of the roles. Nope. No. Yeah, just, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Frances Fisher, but she just seems very severe. Whereas <laughs> I feel like Jill Jill Taylor has to have this sort of she has to counterbalance Tim's like out of control, over masculine nonsense and uh yeah no perfect casting i agree i everybody on the show i agree yeah and i mean patricia richardson brought um a seriousness but also a levity to it yes and, like you know, the counterbalance yeah absolutely yes. and i also absolutely. think and you're probably getting ready to get into this so i won't say much but the side characters as well like wilson and al borland like they're kind of yin and yang relationships with Tim Allen really helped the flow as well. So before we get to talking about Wilson and Al Borland and all them, we're going to talk about the boys. Sure. The, the three sons, which this might be a reason why my family identified with this show a little bit more is because, you know, my family had three sons, this show had three sons. So, you know, yeah. Same here. Monster. I was one of, I was one of three and I'm the youngest. So I, yep. That was a big part of it. Which and I, you did go through a goth phase. That was great. Yeah, I've always sort of been like right on the precipice of a goth phase. I'm about to be 38 and I could still do it at some point. I'm wearing a Dracula shirt for God's sakes. If you if you show up for our next uh, our next uh, video with uh, just fully gothed out, I think I'll just go. Okay, he's here. Yeah, it wouldn't shock anybody. No, nobody no. would be like, "Oh my God, what is he doing?" It'd be like, eh, "It's a matter of time." All right, so let's start <laughs> by talking about the uh, youngest son, um, Mark. So Marcus Jason Taylor is his full name. I always think it's funny to think that somebody named Mark, their full name is Marcus. So all right, although Marcus' middle name isn't mentioned directly during the series, Tim says it in one post-finale interview that Mark's middle name is Jason, and so. That was never written anywhere. Tim Allen just made that up. <laughs> this was, is your name now. Yeah, it was just him. So, <laughs> all right. Mark is so much, somewhat of a mama's boy, though in later seasons, um, in the seventh and eighth season, he grew into a teenage outcast uh, who dressed in black clothing. So the, the black goth phase um, really lasted for part of seven, but not really into yep. eight. So, all right. Now, Randy William Taylor. Of course, he was played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Everybody knows that. Or JTT. JTT. Yeah. He hates. There was an interview. He hates being called JTT. He absolutely does. Absolutely does. So, so my wife mentioned that he, and I haven't kept up with him, but apparently he's sort of been pretty reclusive here lately. And he just recently kind of made like his first public appearance in a long time or something. Yeah. He, he kind of 
went into the shadows. He did a little bit of directing. He actually directed an episode or a couple episodes of Last Man Standing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, cool. He had a cameo. Cool. He had a, he had a cameo in Last Man Standing as well. He had a couple. And Tim Allen busted out his grunt. Yeah. What what was sort of his big thing? Like I, I know he was like a huge star after Home Improvement, but like well, what it was kind of during and and um and he actually which actually hang on just a second. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got excited. Yeah. yeah. So all right, so he plays Randy, um, who's a year younger than the oldest kid. So um um He's known for his quick thinking, wisecracks, and smart mouth. He had more common sense than Brad, but was not immune to trouble himself. And uh, being the middle child and being one who run his ma- ran his mouth a lot, I identify with Randy. So, you know, go figure, right? All right. In the show's eighth and final season, Randy left for an environmental study program in Costa Rica in the episode Adios. So, not exactly. He's away at school, but he left for... and um. He like secretly applied to get into it. So um, this is done because he wanted to take time off to focus on his academics. His last appearance in Home Improvement was the eighth season Christmas episode, Home for the Holidays, which aired December 8th, 1998. He did not return for the show for the series finale, only tape, only appearing in archived footage. And that was something I was watching for when I watched the, the, the last season like it was all like really young like really young randy except for the episode where randy thought he was gonna die and and tim allen was hugging him in the uh an arcade when he started crying oh yeah i do yeah. remember that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I every just... once in a while these these silly sitcoms would tackle something a little hardcore yeah Sarge? So I just looked up Jonathan Taylor Thomas's first appearance. Yeah. He did not age well. Nope. No, he did not. No. And I remember like all the girls in the school had Jonathan Taylor Thomas cutouts in their lockers. Yes, this is back when you were issued lockers and you had to cover your books with with book protectors and which is all like that a folded of- paper bag. Yeah, and the people would like write stuff on there, and they'd be like, "Oh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is gonna be my husband one day." Well, then, like <sighs> in a weird, cruel twist of fate, Haley Joel Osment grow up to look exactly like Al Borland. Like, who saw that coming? <laughs> Haley Joel Osment's face didn't grow with his head. Like, if you look, no, he it stayed the same. Face. Just the hair took over. Yeah. All right, so Brad, the oldest one, he was uh, popular and athletic. He was often the uh, moving factor who engaged before thinking, Tennessee, which regularly landed him in trouble. All right. Um, there really wasn't much else on Bradley, Michael Taylor, or Zachary Ty Bryan. I mean, I know he was in uh, She's All That, but, you know, and uh, he made the joke. He's like, he's like, yeah, his dad was Harrison Ford, not the actor, the dealership. I was like, okay, that's fun, cool, whatever. I was gonna <laughs> say they, n- none of them, like I- I'm sure they did small bit parts, but they didn't have the career that you know Jonathan Taylor Thomas had or Tim Allen. So, and I know all I know Patricia Richardson did after Home Improvement was she was a nurse or doctor on a Pax TV show. If you guys remember Pax TV, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So all right, the Taylors live in suburban Detroit. They have a neighbor named Wilson, played by Earl Hindman, who is often the go-to guy for solving Taylor's problems. And um, Wilson, I always felt like where you had Tim's like over-the-top masculine, like everything's manly, he would get like knocked down a peg every time he went to go talk to Wilson. And it was like he would leave and go, things are not as manly as... As I was, I mean, like his manliness didn't make sense when talking to Wilson, and it was like always like he never approached him with that. Yeah, sure, he did <laughs> grunting and all that, but it was you know I always thought it was like the show's the manly show. Rah, 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 rah. No, it's not. It's gonna get real at the end. Well, and I was watching some clips, and I forgot how funny it was, always was when Tim would like walk into his backyard and he would see Wilson and be like, "Hey, Wilson, what you doing over there?" And he'd always say something that was like 
again, that great PG rated humor where it's like right on the cusp. He's like, yep. Oh, just squeezing my apples, Tim. Or fucking my squirrels. Right, right. And and Tim's always like, shouldn't you be doing that in private? (laughs) (laughs) It's like just enough to make like the kids giggle and the parents roll their eyes like while you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Wilson, Wilson, Wilson W. Wilson Jr. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Wilson Wilson. Yeah. He was based on Tim Allen's childhood memories uh, when he was too short to oversee the fence and unable to see his his neighbor. So, actor John Bedford Lloyd was cast as Wilson. I looked up John Bedford Lloyd, and you guys don't have to worry about it because he never really did anything of note, really. Um, and it was a big deal to see like the rest of his face, and it is the most like non detailed bottom half of a face ever it is the most like you never saw his face in in the show no but at the the like series finale or something he comes running out with like a little like sarge had a little fake fence over his face and then he removes it and smiles and waves and it is like the default setting on every character creation of every video game you've ever played. Like it is the most generic mouth and chin you've ever seen. Playing Wilson guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, but uh, when he learned that his face would never be shown on camera, he dropped out the day before the pilot was taped and Earl Hinman was uh, the other finalist for the role was cast last minute. In early seasons, Wilson had always seen standing on the other side of Tim's fence uh, in his backyard when they were talking and, uh, there, uh, usually with Wilson offering sage advice as Tim grappled with his problems. In later seasons, it was a running joke uh, to see, you know, what kind of creative ways they could um, prevent the audience from seeing Wilson's entire face at one time. There's a couple of times where he saw just, you know, just the bottom where the, like his eyes and up were, were blocked, but it was usually the bottom half. Um, in one episode in the uh, last season, they go whitewater rafting and he wears this like aboriginal, like safe, like helmet that has this like mouthpiece <laughs> that comes in yeah, front of his face. Yeah. But it's like, how do we get Wilson in the wilderness? Give him a helmet. <laughs> well, it, so, it wasn't there an episode where he was a, he was marrying, he was a priest or he was marrying someone. He was reading from a Bible and he had like the Bible up like the fence. Post yeah. In front of yeah. That was actually, that was the last episode <laughs> of the series. And it was, he was marrying Al and his, uh, his, his bride, Trudy. And he's like, he's holding the Bible up, like just where you can't see his face, but he had to like change everything in the Bible to fit like his mom, like Al's mom's beliefs. And so it was <laughs> like, like dear heavily celestial being. <laughs> as, you know, it was, it was entertaining. So, all right. The later seasons, Wilson's full name was revealed to be Wilson W. Wilson Jr. The most um, repetitive initials ever. So, all right. Let's jump into talking about Tool Time. Each episode includes Tim's own Benford-sponsored home improvement show called Tool Time. A show within a show. What? His initials are WWW2. <laughs> WWWJ? Yeah. Two. Okay. Two. Yeah. I heard do. I was like, that's not a letter. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry. So, Cut all of that, please. <laughs> no, nope. It's all staying in. It's it's all staying here. So I'm going to actually just cut parts to make, make Sarge say WWWJ. No more editing. These are all going up uncut. Yes. All right. So his co host on. Tool time. Al Borland. Yes, we all know Al Borland. Al Borland is only in 201 episodes of the 204 episodes of the show. Hmm. Al wears a wedding wedding ring on his left hand, even though the character is unmarried. However, in real life, Richard Richard Karn is married to Trudy Roche, who had a recurring role as Jill's sister, Carrie, on the show. I never noticed that Al was wearing a wedding ring. In Mm -hmm. fact, I mean, it was a regular thing that Al was single and living right. with his mother. So right. the character of Alborn, Al Borland was originally going to be named Glenn. <laughs> it was going to be Glenn Borland. <laughs> that makes sense. Does it? 
because I don't feel like it does. All right. I think, I think Glenn works. Maybe. Richard Karn kept his job as an apartment manager even after being cast on the show, as he was told it would only be temporary until Stephen Tobloski was done with his movie commitments. Once uh, Tobloski dropped out for good, Karn was offered the role permanently. And then he quit his apartment manager job and stayed as an actor. I can't imagine anybody else playing Al Borland. Yeah, I'm ready to say that's no, no. he's he's great. Yeah. He's yeah, he's fantastic. He he's one of those side characters like like Ned Flanders or uh the the neighbors on I Love Lucy that are just Glenn as, Quagmire. Yeah, they're yeah. just as iconic as the main family. Absolutely. Absolutely. So other people on Tool Time. A Tool Time girl, first Lisa, played by Pamela Anderson, and later Heidi, played by Debbie Dunning, whose main duty was to introduce the pair at the beginning of the show um, with the line, does everybody know what time it is? And in reply, the audience would yell, Tool Time! Right, good. Thanks for the participation, guys. That's what we're here for. Yay, I get a trophy. All right, I'll, I'll mail you one. Um, all right, so let's talk about Lisa, played by Pamela Anderson. She was only in 23 episodes, and it was uh, just seasons one and two, and then also appearing for an episode in six. So, in the first years of the show, Pamela Anderson <clears throat> played Lisa, but left the show to focus on her role in Baywatch. I would say that Tool Time was the, or Home Improvement was the better show. So, um, <laughs> her last episode as a series regular was The Great Race, which aired on May 19th, 1983. Anderson did not reprise her role or did reprise her role of Lisa on the sixth uh, season finale, The Kiss and The Kiss Off, which aired May 20th, 1997. Ashley Judd auditioned for and won the role of Lisa. However, her agent told her to pursue movies instead of television, and she pulled out a few days before the original, uh, before airing the uh, original pilot, or filming the original pilot, but this resulted in casting Pamela Anderson. The last minute change necessitated alterations to the original script in which Lisa was a major character. She was supposed to be a college student majoring in psychology, acting as a stand-in for Jill on the Tool Time set. I, Ooh. yeah, that, that doesn't sound like it would have worked at all. No, no. Jill doesn't belong in Tool Time. No, and besides, I mean, just... Who do you want there? Pamela Anderson or Ashley Judd? I mean, really? I mean, young Ashley Judd was a... I'm about to say, Ashley Judd in her prime was pretty <laughs> yeah. damn good looking. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think she would have fitted fine, especially for just two seasons. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, all right. And then uh, Heidi, the replacement. So, Tim got a new assistant, Heidi, electrician, Heidi Keppert. So, she came in with some clout for what her role was in the show because her character was electrician, not just a pretty face. So um, she replaced um, Pamela Anderson in the third season and they're, and they're on starting with the episode, maybe baby, which aired in 93. Denny had previously uh, appeared not as Heidi in one episode. Um, the episode overactive glance from season two, where she played an obsessed tool time fan Kiki. And yep. If you go back and you watch that episode, she's right there. And then, <laughs> like, a few months later, she's in Tool Time. <laughs> Completely different character. That's awesome. Yeah. Didn't, didn't really make sense what I saw and thought about the timeline. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So, many Tool Time viewers assumed that the accidents on the show were actually done on purpose. And it's to demonstrate the consequences of using tools improperly or in unorthodox or an overpowered manner. And all of it is to demonstrate Tim Allen's or, or Tim Taylor's mantra of more power. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. All right. And then uh, Tim, Tim Allen stopped saying more power. But it's the last line of the show. Like he doesn't say it for like three seasons, <laughs> but it's the last, it's the last word spoken on the show. And now in the last episode of the show, the whole deal is that they are moving to Indiana and there's a scene where Jill and Tim are staying in the backyard and Jill says, I don't want to go. I don't, I, I can't imagine going anywhere and not being in this house. 
And Tim goes, well, why do we have to go somewhere without taking the house? And so the next thing you see is them with the house on the back of a truck, like pulling down the street. And then you see the house on a tugboat. And and Jill's like, I didn't know a tugboat could go this fast. And Tim goes, more power. And then show it. And that's it. So. As someone who lives in a manufactured house, I don't care what the joke is. Like that's that's how my house got here. <laughs> no, but like is a house with a basement and everything. It made <laughs> no sense for that to be. You know, I know they can move houses as you know as they no, can in your I, house, but I actually remember as when I was a kid, they moved a like an old house. Through no, that's funny down the street. That's good. So yeah, all right. Tool Time was created as a parody of the PBS show This Old House. Did either of you watch this old house? Did your parents watch this old house? My grandfather watched it religiously with Bob Vila. And? Oh, Bob Vila. See, that's what pisses me off because (laughs) we we watched, or I I say we, but my parents watched this old house and then I ended up watching this old house a lot. And I actually watch it now as an adult. But his co-host was Norm Abram. (laughs) He was... Norm was just as much a part of this old house, and now this old oh. house is much more than Bob Vila. And, and all oh, that oh, and let me guess: your favorite member of Wham is not George Michael. Is that no. what you're going to tell me now? No, it's the exclamation point at the end of the name. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. No, and what's funny is Bob Vila pops up like pretty frequently, right? Like, yeah, in Home on, Improvement, yeah, on the he, Tool Time segments, he he does he does show up. Norm never shows up. You guys don't even know who Norm is. Who no, you? nobody knows because he was Norm a side is. character. Don't we? he was a bad side character. Norm was a Norm knew what the hell he was doing. Bob Villa got on there and was like craftsman, craftsman, craftsman. Yeah, he's just a shill for big tool. <laughs> so actually, um, I remember my parents were watching an episode of This Old House from like the seventies, and this was in the second house we lived in, and the, the house we lived in had this old furnace in the basement and Bob Vila goes into a house in the seventies and goes into the basement and sees a furnace and goes, man, that thing's a dinosaur. And it's the same furnace that we had in our house. And so the furnace in our house was a dinosaur on top of being a dinosaur. It was not a very efficiently heated home. And all I can imagine is Bob Villa from the, uh, from the seventies looking exactly like Bob Ross, Bob Vila in the seventies looked like, um, if Bob Ross played guitar, basically. Exactly. Yeah. That makes, that checks mm-hmm. out. All right. So Al Berlin um, has a beard and always wears a plaid shirt. Like Norm. If you guys knew who Norm Abram was. <laughs> Stop bringing Norm up. No one likes Norm. If any of our listeners know who Norm Abram is, please shoot us an email at danger. And we have six listeners and they do not know who Norm is. You're all missing out. Is really thick Boston accent made pissed me off. Anyway, so wasn't there an episode where Al shaved it off though? I don't remember that one. I feel like that probably happened, but I I, I have no facts to back that up. I might I might shave mine for our next episode and see how it goes. I can't shave mine. If I shave my facial hair, I look like Ellen DeGeneres. I I can attest to that. So all right, so Bobula does appear on several episodes of Home Improvement. And Tim Allen and Pamela Anderson both appear on Bob Vila's show, Home Again. Hmm. The Tool Time theme music was sometimes used as a closing theme for Home Improvement, especially when behind-the-scenes credits uh, were running, or when credits were running behind Bob behind-the-scenes uh, shots of bloopers and stuff that happened during taping of the Tool Time segment, which happened in later seasons. So while taping some episodes of Tool Time, Tim could sometimes be uh, be seen asking an unseen character Klaus to play music for tool time segments. Klaus Landsberg worked as the sound department for the show. So he really was like referencing a real person. <laughs> the tool time audience that we saw in every episode was the actual live audience for the, for the shows, for the taping. So I, you know, and what's really funny is back in those days, they, and I could be completely wrong, but I got the impression that those live audiences, the sounds that you are hearing are pretty accurate to what the actual physical crowd is reacting to. Whereas when you watch a show today, like 
Big Bang Theory or Two Broke Girls or whatever. That's digital like enhancement left and right. And it, it's basically telegraphing when you're supposed to laugh. Whereas with something like Home Improvement, I feel like there are moments where you hear the crowd like half the crowd laughs. Yeah. Or half the crowd reacts to this emotional scene. Like it's not always as full blast as it is, you know, when they fake it like they do now. Oh yeah. No, hundred percent agree. Um, the laugh tracks drive me nuts. So, all right. One initial name for tool time was hammer time, but before filming the pilot, <laughs> Tim's show was renamed to tool time to avoid confusion with MC hammer. Consequently, the show was renamed home improvement because the original name of the show was tool time because the creators decided against naming the show after the show within the show to avoid confusing viewers. Are you guys confused? <laughs> it's a showception. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, every time danger says show, take a drink of your favorite beverage. <laughs> so, all right. Oh, where was it? Okay. So, as an homage to to, uh, to um, home improvement and to um, tool time, there's a Benford branded toolbox in Sid's room in Toy Story. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it's there. It's very much so there. And many tools seen in Last Man Standing are Benford branded. Did you guys ever notice that in your Last Man Standing mm -hmm. viewing? No. If if I it, it's been a it's been a minute since I've really watched it, and I probably did not notice that, but that's awesome. Yeah, that is that's that's nice that's nice nice nod. Yeah, they're in the same universe. Yeah. They're canon. Actually, I got curious if they were in the same universe because of that, and they are absolutely not. I was hoping to find like some weird fan theory that like this was Tim Allen's secret family or something like that, but no, it's. I'd like to choose to believe that it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. There's really no, no home improvement that tool time. And we're done talking about tool time. So I do want to hit on a couple more things real quick. In January, 2021, Tim Allen reprises role of Tim Taylor on an episode of last man standing called dual time. I don't know if you guys remember that, but no. he actually, yeah, I, I had no idea. Um, so in February, uh, 2020 cinema blend reported that Alan wants to bring back home improvement for a revival. He said, I like the idea of doing it as a one-off, like a one hour movie. I like the idea of finding out where the boys are now and where tool time would be in today's world. I just think it's a marvelous idea and all the actors think it's a great idea. So every actor's on board, even JTT. I and I think that is an appropriate way to mm -hmm. handle it. I don't think you need a limited run series. I don't think you need a full blast two two and a half hour film. I think you need a forty five minute to one hour special, yeah, just to say hello to all those familiar faces and then let it go. Right <laughs> now, didn't I'd uh, love to see that? Didn't Patricia Richardson also star on Last Man Standing in a couple episodes? If Actually, I remember correctly. Um, what I was going to say is, uh, so Richard Carr, Patricia Richardson, um, they guest starred on Last Man Standing. Um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas also appeared in a few episodes of Last Man Standing and uh, directed three episodes of the show. So, you know, I don't know if they had recurring roles, at, you know, Carr uh, and Richardson, but they were on several episodes. I do know that. So, um, yeah, fun. So, okay. We're going to wrap up with talking about like one of the biggest disasters for home improvement. A Super Nintendo game originated from the TV series. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Yep. I actually played it not that long ago. I was surprised oh. when uh, like my brother's got a box of emulators of thousands of games and it was in there. Oh, it's so bad. As part of the game's gimmick, most of the instruction manual was blanked out with the words, real men don't need instructions. <laughs> the game was loosely based on the show and featured Tim fighting through various television sets in the Tool Time studio. The battles consisted of Tim fighting uh, men dressed up as dinosaurs. 
the game is about as bad as you would think that it is because you literally are just Tim Allen running around with like a nail gun and you're shooting stuff and jumping around. It's like if it's like a Tim Allen platformer. It's but is that charming kind of bad from the 90s where you take a licensed character and just throw him into whatever generic platformy game you can come up with. They did this with every major TV show and movie. It's it's still awful. Don't get me wrong. It's awful. Yeah. But it's uh it's a charming kind of awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real bad. So <laughs> all right. We are uh we're done talking about tool time, home improvement. It was a great show. I actually have found where it's on Hulu and I can go through and watch it randomly. I think it's going to actually end up being a show that I fall asleep to just because it's a show that's just interesting enough for me not to care and not to pay attention to. And I'll be fine with it. I like it. I, I will say before, before we completely get off of it, I was talking to my wife about this earlier. One of the Christmas episodes, and I do not remember which season it was, but one of them has always stuck with me. I remember laying in in my mom's bed, me and my mom watching it together. And it was a Christmas episode. And, and, and I don't remember the whole story, but I remember near the end, I think Tim was mad at one of the boys, but they had like a Christmas service and he showed up anyway, even though he wasn't like real happy. And I remembered Al being there and they were singing Noel and Al was like, I always wanted to be in the choir, but I couldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. And Tim was like, well, you wouldn't be allowed to sing this song anyway. It says it right there. No, Al, no, Al. And that was funny. And then there near the end, you know, seeing his boys up there on stage, he kind of like starts to cry a little bit. And Jill's like, oh, are you are you feeling emotional? He's like, no, Al forgot to wear deodorant. <sighs> Sting in my eyes. And, and I just I just have this vivid memory of being with my mom watching that and even at a young age being like, this is funny, but it I feeling a little bit emotional, too. And there's not a lot of shows that do that anymore that can be funny, but also kind of tug on your heartstrings just enough that you don't feel overly emotional, but still kind of hits you a little bit you know yep sarge, good stuff sarge do you have a episode or a scene from home improvement that jumps out uh so a couple a couple different episodes jump out at me for home improvement uh one of them is when he soups up his lawnmower and he puts like the jet engine on the back of it or something like that yes we're and a helmet the, right well and at the end of it uh he pulls out uh, Jill's admonishing him for for being reckless and stupid, which is what he was with that. Yeah, with, with, with that lot more. And he goes, well, I guess the downside of this is, you know, the police have impounded the mower. So you don't have to worry about that. He goes, but the plus side is, as I mowed 36 lawns on my way, <laughs> and I pulls out a stack of money and sets it on the thing. Uh, so so for me. You know, I, I mentioned before that the holiday episodes of Home Improvement were just top-notch, in my opinion. Of course, I always appreciate holiday episodes of any show. They're always some of my favorites. But Home Improvement had the rare, I think they only had like four of them, where they had like the man's room. And it was and the one that sticks out to me is the man's kitchen. And, uh, and I watched it not too long ago, and I was just picking it apart for like the wrong physics of it or whatever because um like there was where you take a potato and like it been a potatoes and you just put it in a microwave and you have to put on like a leather vest because the microwave is nuclear <laughs> and you close it and like and it's got like one button on it that you hit and it's got like one power but then uh there was like to cook a steak which your only option is potato and steak is you put on a grill and it just gets blasted with flames and then it was like, it's done. But what if you don't, but what do you, but what do you do with your garbage, with your trash, with your dishes, you're done. And then like the dishes, just like, uh, like new food, just like good food <laughs> just goes into a trash can. I'm like, that's, that's a terrible waste of food. But then like they go 
like step out of the kitchen and these like walls close and then it's got like two buttons on it for like a wash and a rinse and i'm like no that's where it's physically wrong because you're telling me that entire kitchen is waterproof and yeah uh it was just <laughs> i it was a lot but i love those episodes of it so all right we've been closing this season we're talking about what we're doing sarge what are you up to what are you watching what are you reading i am reading a book called war mage released it's actually a pretty good book war mage it's released. one of those yeah it's, it's a it's a is it one of those is it one of those books that started off as uh twilight no softcore fan fiction no it's oh, okay. a Fair enough. no no it's a uh it's a fantasy adventure book it is a fantasy adventure book like uh, I think like 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 you know lord of the rings and harry potter and all those other stupid ass books that people say are <laughs> fantasy that are fantasy Lord okay. of the Rings, That's I wouldn't say is a stupid ass. Harry Potter, short, call that stupid ass, but Lord of the Rings is not a stupid ass book. I digress. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's actually a pretty good book. It's it's kind of wholesome. I read it before I go to bed. It's like an entire nine book series. It's not bad at all. So all right. Monster, what about you? Well, uh me and my four-year-old uh sat down and watched the new Super Mario Brothers movie last night. It's so good. It was a lot of fun. I hadn't seen it. I'd been wanting to see it. So um, my my beautiful wife decided to say, hey, it's your birthday week. Sit down. Watch a movie with the kids. I'll, I'll you know, do what I got to do. So it was nice. I hadn't really, like, sat down and watched a movie in a long time. So it was yeah. good. I had Super, Mario, Super Mario movie was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. We took it to the kids to go see it in the theater a while back. It was a lot of fun explaining to my four-year-old, like, Oh, those are called shy guys. Those are called magic magic Koopas. That's Donkey Kong. Like you know, she That's she sees bill. them. Yeah, but she didn't really know all the names and stuff, so right. it was fun. Right. What about you, Danger? What kind of nonsense have you been up to? Well, I wanted to finish watching the Loki series, uh, the season two of it. Really enjoying it, so I just kind of knocked out a couple more of those. But I actually have watched the first four episodes of the Godzilla TV series, uh, Monarch. Um, legacy apple tv yeah yeah um one of the few apple tv like apple tv is where celebrities go to disappear and hide um like and still get work did, nobody did, watches not, apple tv shows but that's not to movie. change the subject did you watch lisey's story on apple tv no it, it's it's based on a stephen king novel it's got uh julian Ju, julian andrews oh gosh I don't know. She's real, real famous actress. Doesn't matter. Julie um, Andrews. Yeah, Julie Andrews. I, I think I'm missing her. Up with... No, 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 no. Whatever. Uh, I was just curious if you've seen it because I've heard good things, but it's a really weird freaking book. So okay, never mind. You know, the Godzilla show. It's really good. It's really good. Sorry, you were gonna throw something in there. Yeah, I mean, you can't say that's where actors go to die. I mean, you had. I mean, you have what's his name? Um, oh my gosh, Julianne Moore. That's no. who it is. Tom, Tom Tom Hanks did a movie that was only on Apple TV. Yeah, no. that was pretty good. Yeah, that, Finch, yeah, it was called Finch. It was actually a pretty good movie. And Apple TV has some good shows, but nobody has ever really watched them. I think the most I've ever seen uh, some or known of somebody watching people watching a a uh, Apple TV show is Ted Lasso. Um, that was a great show love that one that it was, was apple tv yep yeah yep. Oh, okay it was a my great wife show. and i are watching it episode at a time over the weekends yep uh it's a fantastic show extremely well, well, well done i didn't know the new godzilla show was out i knew godzilla mm -hmm. minus one was out and Which that's has gotten great reviews. great reviews i've heard nothing but good things about it so that I'm I'm glad to see a resurgence in kaiju love. Like that's mm -hmm. yeah. The, they they released a new trailer for the new Godzilla X Kong movie. I yeah. did. I I hadn't watched the trailer, but I saw they released it. I, it's I it's a good that. trailer. Like it it's a really well done trailer. Speaking of good and trailers, they, oh, uh, did you guys see the trailer for the new Fallout series? I did. I saw some I stills, did. but I didn't see the trailer. But they they seem to have gotten the like art direction correct. oh for sure brotherhood of steel looks wonderful That's the ghouls cool. look pretty cool did you see the trailer for rebel moon part one and part two netflix um, 
Yeah. Um, we, we call that Star Wars light. <laughs> it actually looks pretty good to watch. I'll, I'll give Rob the Moon a watch, but I could say for Fallout 4, um, it's so run by Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother. Um, Interesting. He did Westworld, and yeah, he's really good. And the way they approached it was not making a TV show out of Fallout, but they were trying to make Fallout 5. So Did, did the Nolan. lead art director and somebody else from the Fallout franchise like get major credits in, in that? Yes. Like they were, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I what think his name Todd was. Howard also. Yes, Todd yeah. Howard, yeah. Yeah, so they've actually got people from Bethesda um, actually involved in it, so I'm pretty excited about that. So, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Is4 Podcast on home improvement. H is for home improvement. If you have a suggestion for a topic that you'd like for us to talk about, you're going to have to wait for your letter to roll around. If it hasn't rolled around this season, and we haven't recorded that episode by the time you hear it, or send an email, shoot us an email at dangerandsarge.gmail.com. Or find us on one of our social media platforms, Facebook, X, or Instagram, Danger and Charge Across, all those. Please go check out Tales from Reddit on Spotify. Also, check out Breakdowns for Breakfast. Sarge heads up Tales from Reddit. Monster and I do Breakdowns for Breakfast. Check out our Breakdowns for Breakfast Facebook page. Gentlemen, you got anything else? No, we're thinking no I think I'm good. good. All right. Yeah. One more Tim Allen grunt. Our pass. Save my throat. All right. Bye. It's over. Done. Done.